Okay, Boker Tov, we are continuing the Sefer Sha'arim Bitvila, and we're on the last expression of prayer. Although the book doesn't end then, because when we finish the last expression, there are a number of concluding chapters, shorter chapters, about uh, 10 or 11 concluding chapters. Okay, the 13th expression is called Etor, spelled Ayin Yud Tuf Vav Resh. And that will relate to next week's Torah portion. When Rivka was not able to have children for 20 years, so Yitzchak and Rivka prayed for children, and the expression is Vayatar Yitzchak. And Yitzchak was Yeotar. What does that word mean? So Rashi explains, He increased abundantly prayer, uh, urged, so to speak, in prayer. And the rabbis in the Gemara Bracha say, if a person sees that he has davened and has not been answered, he should repeat and pray. As the Pasuk says in Tehillim, Kaveh El Hashem, put your trust in Hashem, Chazak strengthen your heart, Vekaveh El Hashem, and put your hopes in Hashem. So you, you, putting your hopes in Hashem means you pray once, and if it doesn't get answered, you strengthen yourself and you pray again. And he says a very interesting point. There's a great difference between a request that's made from Hashem then a request that you make from a mere flesh and blood. What's the difference? If you're making a request from your friend and he doesn't respond to you, so if you're going to make the request again and urge and maybe even nudge, right? That's going to even make it harder. But with Hashem, it's not that way. The opposite. That's his will that we should urge him and supplicate before him and beseech him. And that's what the rabbis tell us, that Moshe prayed when he wanted to go into Eretz Yisrael, the amount of prayers of Eschanan's Gematria, 515. And had he continued to urge, Hashem would have had to listen to him. So now let's explain how this works. We have to understand, this is the thing, we can't ever equate Hashem's response to the way we think people would respond. And there's a major difference between this. When you are asking from your friend for something, the goal of the entire request process from end to end is to receive that which you need. Okay? You want the person to give you money. You're poor, you need some money. So the fact that you're asking the man, your friend, for the money, it's all focused on one objective. The objective is the poor man needs money. That's it. So therefore, if the fellow doesn't respond to him or doesn't respond to him favorably and give him right away, why is that? Because he doesn't want to fulfill his request. 
Right? You go to this man and you say, listen, I'm making a wedding. I need, that's even your friend. I need $10,000. That's for an Israeli wedding. <laughs> and even then, and even then, that's going real low end. Okay? But anyway, if he's saying no, then why is he saying no? Well, he doesn't want to do it. That's all. He doesn't want to do it. So what's it going to benefit you to ask again if he doesn't want you to give it to you? Talk him into it. Well, it's not that hard idea to figure out. The guy says, I have a daughter, I want to marry her off, and I want $10,000 from you. He said, we're not persuasive No. Well, it's pretty obvious what you need. I don't have money. I can't take care of this. This is the cheapest wedding that you could make. I want the money. So if the guy says no, he's got a reason why he's saying no. It could be many reasons. It could be he's miserly, doesn't believe in giving. Uh, could be he doesn't have as much money as you think he has. Yeah, he has okay. financial commitments. Yeah, got financial commitments. So... What does it help to ask again? And if still you ask and you urge, okay, so uh, you, you, you're, you're making it much more difficult. Uh, you're going against what the guy wants. You're making him feel bad. And, uh, and now you want him to do something that he really doesn't want to do. In other words, you're making it harder. You're making it worse. If the, I said no. So now, and I, no was no. And now you want me to go against my either principles or whatever it is. So now you're making the fellow feel uncomfortable. Right? That's, that, so every further asking makes the guy more uncomfortable. Now at the end, he may give it to you, but not happily. Right, there's a reason why a person says no. It could be a bad reason, it could be a good reason, whatever the reason, it's a reason. Okay, and you know, I, 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 in in the past, when people would come to my house for tzedakah, like random people, it was almost always a miserable experience. No matter what you did, it never, no, ne, mo, mostly people weren't happy. Right. The guy wants to sit down and tell you a whole story. I said, I'm really busy here. I'll give you a check for $8,000. No, 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 you have to hear the whole story. I said, I really don't have time for your story. And then, and then he says, but you know, it's an important, I said, I understand. But you're supposed to give don't. him willingly and happily. One second, I was willing to give him $18, willingly and happily, but the guy <laughs> doesn't take 18 for an answer. <laughs> That's right. Uh, you should see in and, Israel. And, and the way, Israel, they always come with their credit card I know. machine. Yeah. Now, as soon as they have a credit card machine, that they don't want like two shekels. <laughs> and there's like there's like eight of them all lined up with their machines. It's unbelievable. That's why I come to shul without a wallet. What business do I need a wallet in shul for? Am I bus- do, do I do business? Do I do business in shul? Driving license. You know, I don't business in shul. Yeah, I do the business of teaching Torah, but I don't, right? So, so every time the person asks more, you are making the situation more uncomfortable. 
right? And that's why it gets to the point where people, you see these guys, you run the other direction, <laughs> right? And, uh, and that's, that's just the way it is. Now, if the guy would just, you say, please, can you help? No, and the guy leaves, fine. That's it. They don't take no for an answer. It was, I had, I had, I'm not gonna share any details. Somebody asked me if I would, if a, if a fellow from Eretz Yisrael could talk to me about something. Now the person did not say it's a fundraising thing. If it would have said that, I would have said no right away. But the person didn't say that. And, uh, and this was like a couple of weeks ago, right? So then this fellow, and I happen to know the fellow like distantly that lives in Israel. So he's collecting for a very worthy tzedakah. And, uh, and he wanted, you know, I'm the rabbi, so in the shul, I should, you know, uh, persuade everyone in the shul to give this one. So, you know, and I'm just not in the mood for this type of phone call. I didn't want it. You have to be polite, right? So the guy says, you know, this and this, it's a very, I, I said, I said, I said, hold on. I said, I, I know who you are and I know you would only be involved in good things. And I have all the big rabbis, but I said, you know, I'm not doubting that it's a worthwhile charity. I just went to my congregation and asked for money for Israel. And I haven't even asked my congregation for money for my own shul yet, okay? So there's, there's a little cue over here going on. And to ask them, for, and then he starts telling, I said, I, said, I understand, <laughs> but now is not a good time. So then he tries to get you on the, well, okay, if you can't do this, can you do that? Like he was saying, well, to, sponsor, to sponsor one of these people, it was, uh, uh, what was it, $1,500 a month. If you get uh, how many people, 50 people to give $36, something like one of those kinds of things, uh, or $1,800 a month. Yeah, everyone just give $36 a month. You only have to find 50 people for $36 a month. That's not a lot of money. I said, you know what, I understand. I really can't do that. They said, well, and if you can't do that, it's not all or nothing. You can give, uh, you know, $100. So I was just being more, made more uncomfortable. More, but the guy, you know, he's got to do what he's got to do. He's very, very persistent. It was very persistent. I says, well, you know, I, I'm planning on launching this thing by Hanukkah. So then I said, listen, Mirzashem, if things get better in Israel, I'll see you. But it was a very uncomfortable conversation. Not because, and I said, you know, our shul is not exactly flush with millionaires. You know, it's, it's more, more older people. Some have money, but not everybody's got that kind of money to spend. So anyway, so that was a very uncomfortable conversation. I would have preferred they didn't call me up. Um, and it just, you know, I ended it pleasantly, but uh, I felt sorry for him because yeah. he's, he's trying to call every shul rabbi in the city and he wants to go all, you know, all around the world. And it's, it's a worthwhile cause. Yeah, it wasn't like, I did. sometimes I'll say, I don't believe in your cause and I, I don't want to even spend any money on it. But I said, there's a very good cause. And, you know, and, and anyway, so at the end of the day, I didn't get any closer to the fellow. Okay. So that's with people. But with Hashem, this is not the case. That fact that a person turns to Hashem. See, here's the difference. 
if I was flush with money like George Soros has, <laughs> okay, or Jeff Bezos, so and I had a, and I, and I have a good heart, a good Jewish heart, and I've got hundreds of millions of dollars to give away, and it's my pleasure to give money away. So I would say, oh, come, let's talk. What is it that you need? And if for whatever reason, um, I, I'm not a, you know, but I really want to give, right? So with God, he wants to give. He wants to hear from his children. And it, his, his greatest pleasure is to give, right? And there's nothing to hold him back from giving. So why do you got to ask for to begin with? Uh, it, so it's got to be Hashem wants to hear you talk to him. And therefore the person will get closer to Hashem and will be praying to him. As the rabbis tell us, why were our patriarchs barren? Because Hashem lusts for their prayers. So, so the main goal of this whole exchange may be, you know, uh, that in the beginning Hashem wants to give, but the more that the person urges Hashem, it's more beloved for Hashem for two reasons. Number one, because, first of all, it'll get us closer to the goal. Hashem really wants to give. And the more he asks then the more likely Hashem's going to give. But the main point is, the whole point of this exercise isn't for the giving, but it's to the closeness and cleaving that is achieved through this. And that was the real goal for all that was missing to begin with. And the more you're asking, right, that's more than what Hashem wants. In other words, Hashem, again, created this world to give man the pleasure of the intimate closeness and attachment with him. Now, we have a divine soul that would naturally want us to be inclined in that direction, but we have the eight Zoharas and a body and all that kind of things makes it hard. So Hashem wants, wants us to be close to him. So therefore, how is that going to happen? Well, that's going to happen if we depend on Hashem. So if uh, you if you just ask Hashem once and Hashem gives, so they're not dependent on Hashem anymore. Yeah. If Hashem says, no, I like to hear your voice. I like to hear you talking to me. You know why? Not that Hashem needs, he has an ego that I, I, I want that person to feel so beholden to me that he has to be asking me all the time. No, it's I want that person to feel how close he wants to be to me. And if you keep asking, you keep asking, keep asking, it means you keep talking to Hashem, you keep talking to Hashem, you keep realizing that Hashem is your only hope and that Hashem is the one who loves you and this and that. Then you get closer to Hashem through that process. And that's for our benefit, not for his benefit. So the goal of this type of prayer isn't to get what you need, but it's to get closer to Hashem. That's this idea of etor, of uh, nudging, but it's, it's, it doesn't make the relationship worse. It makes the relationship better. 
That's the whole point. And that's why Hashem kept from the patriarchs to have children right away. Because by nature, if you're going to get something right away, you don't need something, you're not going to turn to Hashem if, if, if you don't need it. But if it's something that you desperately need, so therefore that is meant to bring us closer to Hashem. Okay? And that is what he says in the second section where he says, when a person asks for any particular thing from Hashem, the actual request is the desired goal more than the actual fulfillment of the request. As the Malbim explains in Perik Samach Gimel 63 at Elam, it says, Hashem, your kindness is greater than life. My lips will praise you. So what does this mean? The Malbim explains, the chesed, what chesed? Of my lips praising you, that is better than the kindness of you giving me life. Tov Your kindness to me is better than being alive. Which kind? That my lips should praise you. The fact that I get to ask you and praise you is more important than life itself. Very important. What is he saying? Breathing and living is nice. But without being close to Hashem, it's not worth anything. Big mistake people make. People think, well, the most important thing is your health. That's the most important thing. Question, why? Why? What do you mean? So that I can enjoy life. Yeah, well. What do you call enjoying life? And you do a deep discussion. Well, enjoying life is sitting down and, and watching Fox News and CNN for six hours a day. So that's a pretty miserable. And if you weren't alive, would the world be any worse off without you? You have to always ask that question. If you didn't wake up today, how many people would be affected by it? Now, the answer you should say is, what do you mean? God would be devastated. Because one of his ambassadors has left the world. Hold on there. What do you do as an ambassador for God? Do you keep Shabbos? No. Keep kosher? No. Do you put on tefillin? No. Do you give tzedakah? No. So what kind of ambassador are you? So again, if you died, who would care? Okay, so your family, maybe. Okay, but well, that's it. But it's, it's not like God cares. Right, so, then, so then what's the point of life? But what's the point of life? The point of life is the fact that I talk to you every day and I beseech you and I, and I, and I come close to you. That's a reason to get up in the morning. The kindness you do to me, that what? Your kindness to me is that my lips praise you. And it means I'm living a purposeful life. Living a purposeful life is more important than life itself. And that, because what? Because now you're connecting to the higher realm of existence. And that is why soldiers of the, of the IDF, for example, they, uh, many of them, understand you go to war, of course you want to win, of course you don't want to die, 
But there are some things that are more precious than life. More precious than life is defending the honor of the Almighty. Let's not make any mistakes over here. Everything that's going on over here is basically one thing and one thing only. It's a world war about the world versus God. The God of the Jews. That's what it is. You, you cut away all the garbage and all the rhetoric. It's one thing. There's a, a Jewish people who are the ambassadors of God. How many people are on the side of the Jews? On God's side? How many people are not on God's side? That's what it's all about. And therefore, all the people rallying for the Palestinians, those are anti-God people. And it happened to be anti-Jew because we are his people. That's all. And therefore, we have to understand that when you're an Israeli soldier who's going to fight, it's not about territory. It's never been about territory. It's not about a Palestinian state. Never been about that. It's about murdering the Jews. That's all it is. And what does that mean? It means and um, uh, slapping the face of the ambassadors of God. That's what it is. So now if you're a soldier, what's it worth to live if the Almighty's honor is disgraced? Kitov chas This is real words. It's not poetry. Kitov The kindness that you give me, that I feel close to you, is better than life itself. So now, Nebuch, that a number of soldiers have to die. Okay, so what does that mean? It means now he'll be totally closer to Hashem. When the soldier Nebuch dies, you think Hashem treats him like the government treats uh, uh, invalid soldiers? Hashem says, come on, come here. I want to I be with you. For the rest of your existence, you will be close to me. Kitov so, but a lot of people are afraid. They're afraid for their life, afraid for this, all these things. So, okay. But that's, that's the idea. So the chesed is what? That my lips praise you is better than the kindness of life itself. Because it's such a purposeful life. And without a purposeful life, then what's, what's the point of it? So therefore, you know, you, you, you can say to God, God, listen, if I don't wake up today, I ain't coming to Shachris. I ain't coming to Shachris. I ain't davening Mincha. I ain't davening Marv. I'm not going to bless you before I eat food. I'm not going to bench. I'm not going to give tzedakah today. I'm not going to put on tefillin today. I'm not going to learn Torah today. I'm not going to do chesed with people today. So uh, maybe it's worth that you do keep me. So that's that's the idea over here. So uh, he gives a marshal to a sick person who's going to try to find a cure for a specific disease he has, a serious disease. And he goes to a doctor, and this doctor is an expert in this area that he needs healing him, but he also is a very fine individual. That's, uh, you could find that, certain doctors, very fine people, refined and good people. And... Uh, so let's say, make the emotional, he had to go out of town to see this special doctor, have treatments for a month, two months, whatever. Doctor sees him every day. Okay, so what happened after two, three months? The, guy, the doctor cured him. It was amazing. 
But he had a second collateral benefit. He made good friends with the doctor. He developed a friendship. Okay, this is a marshal. I don't think you'd ever would see this. <laughs> but uh, usually doctors are trained not to get emotionally involved with their patients and not to be friendly with their patients. You know, I, I don't know if that is a good idea. But, uh, that, but here in our marshal, didn't work that way. He healed them and they developed a real friendship. So now if you ask the sick person, what did you benefit by going to this doctor? He'll say, I got two things. Number one, he cured my sickness. Number two, I found a new friend. Now, you ask him, and which one was more important? Say, well, being, being healed is for sure more important. And, uh, but I did find a friend, which was very nice. But if I only could have the two, I'd rather have being cured and not having a friend. Okay, that makes sense. We're dealing with a person. But when dealing with Hashem, it doesn't work that way. Even though we pray to Hashem, uh, but still we benefit from two things. Number one, Hashem, when he answers us, he gives us life and peace and all these things. So he cures our sickness, so to speak. And number two, we merit to get closer to Hashem. Now's the question. Now, what is the more important of the two that you get from this? Your kindness is greater than life and your kindness is my lips say your praise. I got closer to the divine light that's much more important than life itself. See, this is what is lost on us. What, when your mom is praying to Hashem to help you, so what is it? So m many of us just want one thing. Just heal me, and then Hashem, I won't bother you for the next time until I, I get sick again. But that, if you're looking like that, then there's a whole problem. Then you say, well, Hashem, remember, if you go a step further, yeah, but where did the sickness come from? It came from Hashem. So what am I thanking you for? The answer is Hashem is saying, I want you to benefit from the closeness of being with me. Kitol chastachav mechaim. So, uh, another example, uh, as they give, it says when Shol HaMelech was looking for his father's donkeys, right? What did he find? He found royalty. Kashmul told him, gave, he anointed it, right? So, in other words, you're looking for one thing and you find another, okay? So I went, as for, it's mamish, because he was looking for donkeys. Donkeys is the, is the, is the uh, what do you call it? the ultimate expression of physicality. You know, pleasures of the body. You know, a donkey is a valuable uh, tool. So you're looking for earthliness pleasures and you found kingdom, kingship. So therefore, you go to Hashem and you're asking for something like a donkey, so to speak. And you find Malchus, which is the tenth and final sphera, closeness to Hashem, which is the only good that's possible. So this is this is why there's an idea of praying a lot. We say, oh, you know, Hashem, can't you answer me the first time? How come I, you know, this is a very unusual thing because if you think about it, people don't have any patience, frankly. Right? Yesterday I had to take a, a, a blood test. And uh, I made the appointment and everything. I, I go right over here. Psh, like, so 
the, the lady, if you know the way the front desk is set up, there's like a, a, a solid area, and then two places where you talk to the person. So uh, I'm, I'm up front, and I'm right the next one, but the lady, she's at the desk, but you can't see the lady unless you're right up front, right? So another lady comes in behind me, like she's there a whole four seconds. Isn't there anybody to help? <laughs> so I said, there's a lady right there. I'm waiting my turn, you'll be next. So there's, there's anxiety, wait, wait a minute. I just walked in and I have to be served immediately. Immediately. And people don't have any patience. Quick service. Guess what's happened? Hashem has become the person at the front desk. Listen, where's my service? Something's not going right. Where's my service? I, 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 I pay. I'm, I've got rights. I got this. I got everything. And I want you to see me right away. We don't have any patience. So now, you don't have any patience for a blood, like, sort of whole, like, like, hang on, ladies. You, 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 and your mama, she had to wait a whole two minutes. <laughs> A whole two minutes. Because the lady at the desk has to take your name and this and that and you know and, and put the stickers on and all these other The place was empty. It wasn't like, you know, you walk in there's fifty people. There was nobody there. There were people in the cubicles. But people don't have any patience. So we start start treating Hashem like the uh, cash what what do you call the person? The receptionist. Hashem's the receptionist. Hashem I I daven for this. How come I don't have it? If that's your attitude, achenvei. I asked him once, I asked him twice. I don't got patience asking you anymore. Let me go to a financial planner. You know, well, you're missing the whole point. The whole point is not that your prayers get answered, but as you get close to Hashem. That's so now you begin to understand. You know, why is this war going to take so long? No. We're, we get very impatient. We want to see things move along. Blow their heads off, just destroy them, and let's be finished with this. It shouldn't take that long. The rabbi said, I can't go on vacation until the war's over. No, no, no. You know, I want to go on vacation in December, so I want that war ending fast. So, Shem, let's do, take care of this right away. That's not how it works. We're not looking, of course, of course, we want to win the war. It's not a question of that, but that's still not the most important goal. And that's the problem. But all these rallies, besides the tefillah gatherings, these rallies are missing the whole point. Because you know, when they're federation-generated rallies, they just don't know anything. They don't know anything about Yiddishkeit. And therefore, that becomes a challenge. But I said, this thing, if, if the Tanya says it's gonna take months, so what does that mean? He's got months to get closer to our show. That's what I believe it, yeah? It would seem from all this that the optimal time to get closer to Hashem is when we need something. Mm. Mm. But on the other hand, some people are happy the way they are and they only thank Hashem for everything. They thank Hashem for whatever they have. So, so that's good. That, that doesn't mean that it gets closer to Hashem. They could. When you make so it's, you're right. And therefore, that's a different... Uh, we said there's 13 expressions of prayer mm. and this is a different one. That's, that's appropriate then. If your yeah. life is going fine, then there's other expressions of prayer. Because according to this, is when you need something. That's no, no, no. So there's one aspect of you need something, keep praying for it. That's one method of praying. You need it, 
it's hurting you. You you need an ant. You need a response. Yeah. But Hashem doesn't give it to you right away. So you have to use one form of prayer, and this is the form. Mm-hmm. Keep asking. Keep asking. Right. Don't feel you're a burden. Hashem loves what you're saying, and please tell him more. Now, if things are going fine in your life, you don't need this form of prayer. We have the other one called Rina, singing and praising Hashem. Okay. So that's that's why there's 13 different aspects of prayer, because each one is meant to be used at a different time for different purposes. That would be even closer to Hashem yeah. as well. Yeah, that, sure. Any of them is meant to right. be close. But life has different situations. When there's a war, it's not the same thing yeah. as everything is uh, rosy and great. So you got to say, so... So let's get it over fast. Hashem is saying, it's going to take as long until you start getting pleasure out of this, until you get closer to me, and then, it can, and then to appreciate me more, or whatever Hashem is looking for with this. So although we're dawdling, and certainly we want the war to end as fast as possible, and we want less boys to die as soon as possible, unless Israelis to feel terror and fear and trauma, for sure. But that's not the ultimate. The ultimate is we want the Jewish people ourselves to feel closer to Hashem. Kitov And to appreciate that talking to Hashem, Hashem is loving every moment of it, and you should be feeling closer to Hashem. That's the challenge, and that's what one of the purposes of this war is. There's many purposes, but one is that idea of praying and praying and getting closer and closer. Okay. Have a good Erev Shabbat.